a very good evening to you. Here we are once again, sweet and swing on a Friday night here on Mags Radio. Always a pleasure to have your company and we try and cheer up the uh, darker times of the year. What have we got? Well, we'll be continuing with our piano power. A bit of Bix Beidebeck in this particular case. No, 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 he's a trumpeter before you say it. I thought we could cheer ourselves up with some classic Glenn Miller over the next few weeks. What could be better? Illinois Jacquet and his big band, Colourful, and another one I actually met. And to start off, another wonderful woman, no stranger to these shores, Ivy Benson. Thank you. 
how sweet you are. That's what I think about you all the time. All my trusty Sweet and Swing listeners, how swing you are as well. Lovely to have your company. I trust you're taking well. Been enjoying the um, weather, such as it is. Never the best time of year, realistically, is it? But, you know, spring is on the way, as they say, um, in a few weeks. March on the Isle of Man is a mixed bag, isn't it? It can be very spring-like, or it can be like midwinter from beginning to end. Take your pick, or a bit of both sometimes. Where you start off, you start getting that false sense of anticipation where you spend the first couple of weeks of March. It's glorious, and everyone digs out their shorts and trunks and summer blouses. And then the second part of March is like being plunged back into sort of early January again. It's freezing and snowy and frosty. and Yeah, well, I know, I know. You get grumpier as you get older, thinking about this. Anyway, uh, whatever it is, I'm hoping you're making the most of life, because that's what it's all about, as, as they say, isn't it? Does anyone remember going down and sitting on the deck chairs for Ivy Benson and her all-girl band back in the day at the Villa Marina? Uh, Morris Powell and I did a wonderful little programme a while back, which you can find on the podcast uh, via the Max Radio page. Ivy Benson, thinking about it, it was 1955, was it? Something like that a season at the Villa Marina and Joe lost, I think it was his last year and it was Ivy Benson's first year something along those lines, I seem to recall and Ivy and the all-girl band played throughout the war arrived in Germany, I believe they were the second band after the liberation of uh, Berlin when the Allies had gone in right at the end of the war and uh, VE Day I think Glenn Miller's band were first in followed by, I think I'm right in saying Ivy Benson and the all-girl band were the next band to get in there and play to entertain the liberating troops. What an adventure that would have been. Singing there, uh, nicely listed on the CD. I had a quick look around and uh, I reckon that's Rita Williams singing, even though it doesn't actually say on that particular collection. Rita uh, herself, no ambition to be a professional singer until she was in her teens, 15 years old, uh, which would be in about 1935. She won a competition in Bournemouth organised by Billy Merrin, who promptly signed her up. She then went on to record professionally with the likes of uh, Carol Gibbons, Billy Thorburn, Lou Prager, Felix Mendelssohn, Ivy Benson, of course, we were there, and Billy Cotton, and cut several sides for the uh, Woolworth brand, the Embassy label, one of those cheaper labels, I think it was. Were they the Sixpence ones or was that Rex? Oh, I was getting them mixed up. You might have some in your cupboard. Go and dig them out in any case. Now then, Hatchet's Swing Tet, looking for a bluebird in the moonlight. Don't think you'll find one.
There are night owls in the daylight. Silly idea, night owls in the daylight. Oh, maybe my heart is saying, who, 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 who is the one for me? You, that's what you've done to me. There are bluebirds in the moonlight. Silly idea, bluebirds in the moonlight. But that's how I feel when I'm with you. recognize the violin player there fairly famous when it comes to a uh, swing yes Stefan Grappelli yeah, would you believe it Arthur Young uh, leading Hatchet's swing tet who uh, interestingly bearing in mind that I'm just about to depart these shores for a few weeks to um, have an extended break down south way down south as they say Australia in fact yeah going around to Australia and Tasmania. Why do I say that? Because uh, the leader of that band, Arthur Young, left uh, Britain in 1950, somewhat before my time, departed for the Antipodes in 1950, and he actually headed out to Hobart, Tasmania, where I'll be in about four weeks' time, where he ran his own bar there for a time. I'll have to find out, see if I can see it. Well, it might have long be gone, of course. It's quite a long time ago, that, isn't it? 70 odd years. Uh, Hatchets wasn't a person, that was the London restaurant where the group resided, hence Hatchets Swing Tet. And uh, as you heard there, Stefan Grappelli gives you an idea of how sort of jazzy they were. Young, one of the finest jazz pianists in the UK at that time. Uh, and also something of a, someone who's looking for sort of the new style or something of an innovator, I suppose you would call him, that is heard there on the Nova Chord, an electric keyboard, very early electric keyboard, which was uh, much in vogue at the time. Vocals there, uh, Beryl Davis singing, who, of course, was son of Oscar Raven's co-leader, Harry Davis. She also emigrated, not to uh, Tasmania, though. She headed out to the United States, where she did very nicely, thank you. And now I mentioned another colourful character, Illinois Jacquet. Again, did have the pleasure of seeing him in the flesh, leading an 18-piece big band on the rear deck, the stern deck of a the SS Norway, uh, more years ago than I care to remember now. It would be the 1990s. <laughs> so uh, probably over a quarter of a century ago. Still remember it, though. It was that good. Picture the scene. You're in a nice DJ. You've just had a lovely meal at the captain's table, the captain's dinner. You wander out onto the stern deck of this beautiful old boat, the SS Norway. There's a bar there where you can get a brandy or an Armagnac. You can get a Cuban 
Dominican cigar, should you be of that inclination, you can sit back on a comfy chair, stare at the Caribbean sky with a warm sea breeze wafting on your face and listen to Illinois Jacquet blowing with his big band, standing in front, resplendent in a multicoloured jacket, giving it Dixie. Tempted your appetite for a Caribbean cruise yet? Here he is, leading his band, Las Vegas Blues. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Swings along beautifully, doesn't it? A smaller band there with Illinois Jacquet, but a fine band, but they are lacking numbers. They certainly make up for in quality. The Illinois Jacquet on tenor sax, Roy Eldridge on trumpet, Jimmy Jones piano, Ray Brown bass, Herb Ellis guitar, and Joe Jones at the drums, Las Vegas blues. Yeah, just uh, again, one of those ones that goes, put us along under its own momentum or with its own momentum, doesn't it? doesn't feel pushed or hurried or, or sort of hard work at any stage, just sort of swings along with its own buoyancy. Terrific stuff. Sweet and Swing, that's what we like, stuff like that on Sweet and Swing. If there's any stuff you'd like to hear on Sweet and Swing that you haven't heard for a long time, or never perhaps, or would like to hear more of, or less of, we're open to all suggestions. Howard Kane at manxradio.com. C-A-I-N-E-M-A-N-X radio. Howard Kane at manxradio.com, all one. I'd love to hear from you at any stage. If you've got any thoughts, always great to hear from you. Or uh, if you're listening in a faraway place, picked us up for the first time on the web, you're in Australia, perhaps you're in Hobart in Tasmania. Who knows? Love to hear from you in a faraway place or with any thoughts as well. Or if you want to drop a postcard or a letter or whatever the case may be with thoughts, which some people do, and always lovely to see them, Sweet and Swing, Max Radio Broadcasting House, Douglas Head, Douglas in the Isle of Man, and that is uh, I, M, 1, M for Mother, 5, B for Bravo, W for Whiskey. That should get there. Oh, they all make love but me. 
Yes, another wonderfully saucy seaside uh, type song from Gracie Fields there. And of course, that innocent northern humour, that northern saucy seaside humour belies the fact that she was, of course, it was all carefully rehearsed and put on very nicely, thank you very much indeed, because she was one of Britain's most popular and highest paid entertainers. The most popular and highest paid entertainer, I think, in the 1930s. Rochdale's favourite daughter, born Grace Stansfield in January of 1898 and made her first recordings in 1928, before uh, three years before she started work on the first of her 15, yes, 1-5, 15 films and a bigger live draw than many of her rivals. And also she appealed across the classes. I mean, clearly coming from working class and playing on that a lot, playing on her working class roots in Lancashire and all the clogs and, you know, sort of northern grit and such like. But it appealed right the way across to people who were still in those classes and still sort of literally trying to make ends meet right the way up the social classes, such was her popularity. Films such as Sally and Our Alley, which contained uh, Sally, of course. The show goes on, Shipyard, Sally. It uh, made her reputation even more as Britain headed towards the 1940s and war. And then she married one Monty Banks, and uh, had to go out to the States, basically. Uh, Monty Banks was Italian, and uh, he was threatened with internment. Could have ended up in the Isle of Man, quite literally, I'd have thought, for the duration of the war as an Italian alien. And uh, one of the major parties, uh, factors in Gracie's departure for these shores, which, of course, did cause a bit of a dip in her popularity, but she entertained the troops throughout and returned to the London Palladium at the end of the war in 1946 to a triumphal return to UK shores. Awarded the CBE in 1938, she was made a dame. Yeah, I've forgotten that. Made a dame. Dame Gracie Fields. Shortly before her death on the 27th of September, 1979. Wonderful stuff. Wonderful stuff. Now then, Glenn Miller, I said, uh, equally speaking of wonderful stuff, I thought just the thing to do, isn't it, to uh, put a smile on everyone's face, cheer everyone up, I hope, at least in any case, would be play some classic Glenn Miller. The stuff we don't normally play on a regular basis because maybe it's a bit old hat for some people, but still super musical and still sounds really good. You can't do much better than Tuxedo Junction.
Nice little twofer for you. Tuxedo Junction of first there, of course, Glenn Miller. So it's going to be the first of uh, another little mini-series. So we're going to be playing some of the classics from Glenn's output in the 30s and 40s, 35 to 1940, a little collection I was looking at in the library there. So it's got, well, quite a few of the classics you'd imagine. In a little Spanish town, Dippermouth Blues, Little Brown Jug, of course, uh, Glen Island special, In the Mood, naturally. Uh, Johnson Rag and then Tuxedo Junction we've had this evening. Pennsylvania, 65,000. All there. We'll be featuring all those in coming weeks just to uh, try and keep a smile on our faces as we head through what I always think is the most miserable time of the year. Maybe you don't agree. Might be your favourite, in which case I apologise. Enjoy. Get out there. I don't really <laughs> enjoy it that much. Once we get the end of the end of March, I'm sort of good again. But anyway, there we go. Each to their own, as they say. And then we follow that with a little bit of Goonie Bedman. Who else? Benny and the boys. And girls in that case as well, because it had uh, Martha Tilton taking the vocals. And the angels sing a Johnny Mercer number, I think. Martha Tilton taking the vocals. Recorded on the 1st of February. Not quite exact, but I mean, same month anyway. Not that far out. 1939. So what's that? 61, 71, 81, a mere 85 years ago. Does that sound right? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Good Lord. Doesn't bear thinking about. I only have to look at this collection, actually, and that instantly dates it to a degree, in that it's the Sunday Times 
music collection. Now, how many remember those? Quite a few of the old maestro, I remember, would get music from the Sunday Times music collection. Oh, it's a good, good collection of stuff on that. Originally on uh, vinyl, of course, back in vogue very much, at a mere £30 a pop these days. But also then later on, on CD. And uh, there were a couple of great collections. First time I ever heard Duke Ellington's Far East Suite was on a collection of Duke's work from the Sunday Times. Still sounds good. Got on CD in various other formats and some extended formats now, but I think we still, or Brother Chris might have the album, I can't remember. But yeah, terrific stuff. I don't think they do it anymore, do they? Anyway, Sunday Times Music Collection Jazz, and this is just called the Swing Time Collection. Now then, uh, piano power. Piano power. Jazz piano classics. Yeah, that's another of our mini-series. As I said, we're going through this great little collection of stuff, and um, you might think this is a bit of a misnomer. We started off with Jelly Roll more than this uh, this new series, or little mini-series. Last week, Jelly Roll Morton with King Porter Stomp. This evening, we're going to have In a Mist, played by Big Spiderbeck. And that's not a mistake.
are looking up I've been looking the landscape over And it's covered with four-leaf clover Oh, things are looking up Since love looked up at me Bitter was my cup But no more will I be the mourner For I've certainly turned the corner Oh, things are looking up Since love looked up at me See the sunbeams, everyone beams Just because of you Love's incession and my depression Is unmistakably through Oh, things are looking up It's a great little world we live in Oh, I'm happy as a pup Since love looked up at me Denny Dennis, things are looking up. Uh, I always try to convince myself of that at this time of the year. <laughs> it may or may not be true, as they say, but we like to think so. Uh, things are looking up. Oh, things are looking up for you, no matter what you might be doing one way or another. And then before that, we had a bit of a Bix by de Beck. My um, baby just cares for me, I think it was, wasn't it? Bix by de Beck on piano. Yeah, you forget that he was best known for his cornet playing, and uh, maybe his drinking, but best not to dwell on that, but also was a very fine pianist as well. And as you heard him there, it wasn't just sort of a case of, oh, he could dip if needs be. He could really play and actually had a very... He was ahead of his time in many ways in his styling and the way he played the piano. He was, yeah, I think 20-odd years ahead of his time for many pianists, but actually it was the cornet that he became best known on. Um, great name as well as the Bix Beidebeck, and I was looking to see where it came from. And it, it is a sort of a family name, and it goes back to his mum and his... Well, obviously it goes back to his mum and dad, but, I mean, it wasn't something they just pulled out of thin air. So his father was Bismarck Hermann Beidebeck. Uh, he married an Agatha Jane Hilton, and Bix was born in 1903 in Davenport in Iowa. Um, and there is, as is always the case in the, a lot of these things... <laughs> very nice house as well I'm just looking at look on Mr Wiki and there's a picture of his childhood home in Davenport it is actually very nice a substantial looking property with a big balcony out the front going right the way around a sort of wraparound balcony and stairs going up to the front door apparently it's on the National Register of Historic Places now and was renovated by the Italian director Pupi Avati for some of his uh, biopic bics and interpretation of a legend back in the 1990s. Anyway, looks a very nice house in, in very good condition. And it's not a, you know, a hovel. It is a substantial detached dwelling, shall we say. Uh, getting back, a bit of disagreement of whether Bix was christened Leon Bix or Leon Bismarck and then nicknamed Bix. But getting back, as I said, to the name, his dad was Bix. <laughs> From Bismarck, presumably. Biz to Bix, I don't know. So his dad, Bismarck, but known as Bix, his older brother was, yes, you've guessed it, 
No, he wasn't called Bix as well. His older brother was called Charles Burnett. Oh, was called Bernie. Charles Burnett Bardebeck, known as Bernie. And Birdie, Bernie Bardebeck, his brother, claimed that Bix was named Leon Bix. But you can take your pick there, depending on which books you read, which bits of website you go to, or whatever else. It's another one that's somewhat confusing. Uh, although according to Wikipedia, I was looking at earlier on, more recent research takes into account church and school records in addition to the will of a relative does suggest he was named Leon Bismarck, which might then say, OK, fair enough, that's why he was called Bix. Either way, it's somewhat immaterial because apparently his parents called him Bix, and more to the point, perhaps, he liked Bix as well. Lovely little picture as well if you go online, some nice pictures of him, but um, sadly did develop something of a uh, drinking habit. And uh, we were listening to Bud Freeman with all his greatest jazz band. Bud used to go out drinking with Bix Spiderbeck. And he said, yes, he, he said, I wouldn't try and keep up with them. He'd drink quarts, quarts of gin. No, just don't go there. Right, Will's Greatest Jazz Band. Speaking of booze, it just made me think of that. A fair number of uh, heavy drinkers in there as well. Uh, we've been enjoying their concert at the Manchester Free Trade Hall in 1971 as we uh, hear a little bit about it. So let's hear them playing first and then we'll um, dwell a little bit more on their colourful story. I Got Rhythm. Thank you. 
Very nice indeed. Yes, I got rhythm just looping along rather than flying along there. The world's greatest jazz band, Manchester Free Trade Hall, 1971. That was recorded their first ever uh, trip to the UK, I believe. Uh, like I said, we certainly saw them much later on in uh, Torquay, I think that was. And uh, yes, there was... Um, a lot of drinking, we were saying. I was talking about Bix Beiderbecke earlier on, and I think last week we were talking about how Yank Lawson and quite a few of them um, were professional, no, not professional, uh, heavy drinkers, so we just leave it at that, perhaps. It was a bit of an occupational hazard. You're on the road. It was still very much linked in with the whole jazz lifestyle. Not so much, I'm happy to say, these days, necessarily, but certainly back in those days, 30s, 40s, 50s, it certainly was. Um and yes, Yank Lawson and Bob Haggett were not immune to the odd bit of uh, the crater, as my dad would say themselves. Heavy drinking had been a, something of a feature of life in the previous Crosby group. Um, he abstained, actually, in a 1956. Bob Haggett gave up booze altogether. I think he had to, otherwise he just knew he wouldn't be able to carry on. But he was retained an affinity, it was noted, with those who boozed and, in fact, tried to help many of them. Uh, Jan Lawson carried on drinking up until 1981 and then he gave up as well which is something I suppose however the version of the band which pitched up at Heathrow in December 1971 it is noted had its full complement of men who liked a taste by taste read several bottles Bob Wilbur recalled the time when the band came to play at Carnegie Hall Yank Lawson, he says, was greeted backstage by a bunch of English fans who presented him with a bottle of 100% proof vodka and innumerable, to innumerable toasts to Anglo-American friendship followed. Billy Butterfield had flown up from Florida on a flight that featured free drinks, and he was poured off the plane by a relieved stewardess. <laughs> poured off the plane, yeah. You get the gist of it, don't you? Um, happily, most of them did live to tell the tale, and like I said, I'd got to know Bud Freeman relatively well, and uh, I can't remember whether he was teetotal or not, but he certainly was a man of very... He was very dapper and very moderate in his tastes, but I think he sort of knew early on that it was not a lifestyle that's sustainable, shall we say. Let's leave it at that. The music was always very good, and that's it, the way it used to be back in the day. Vera Lynn and Sam Brown with the Robert Fon 8. They're going to keep that love light burning. <laughs> Star. 
keep the love light burning I will wish you a very good evening same time same place next week cheerio